podcast for the dyslexic community. We're your hosts. I'm Reed. And I'm Drew. And what are we talking about today, Drew? This is a culmination of all the research that has been done in helping teach dyslexics how to read. So let's get to it then. So it's been about 35 years since research has really started happening in dyslexia and what causes dyslexia and what dyslexia actually is and how to help students with dyslexia. Which is interesting because many educators still believe in the theory that reading is a natural process, like learning how to speak. They think that if children are surrounded by books and by people who enjoy books, that reading will just come naturally to them. Yeah, same way that you hear people talking and pick up on that language. Yeah, pretty much. If you can learn the language, you can learn how to read. That is a very popular theory. Well, that goes into once you're being taught how to read, they have the strong belief that reading is kind of just a series of strategic guessing um, based on the context that you're reading. They believe that kids need to be taught these guessing strategies to learn how to read. This is actually called the cueing strategy, and it's not actually the the most helpful. Mm -mm. In fact, it's been shown that cueing might actually be counterproductive because It takes the child's attention away from the sounds of the words. It takes the child's attention away from the phonics, which phonics is what we use to read. Yeah, and it's just telling them to guess instead of using a scientific mind of why are we doing this the way we're doing it. Just guessing is mind-boggling to me. Like, oh, just guess. You'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. No, and let's try to actually tackle why or what this word is. Another thing in cueing when they're first teaching a child how to use cueing is to guess what the next word is supposed to be, not only based on the context of the sentence, but based on the picture that might be on the page, which that's not a strategy you can take with you through the rest of your life because not every book, in fact, I'd say most books don't have pictures on the page for you to cue from, which is why we shouldn't be teaching this to children. So reading is not a natural process. We've talked about this a lot. It's also not a guessing game. Reading in any written language is a code. You need to be taught how to actually crack the code and not just guess at it. It makes you a much more proficient reader Mm -hmm. and understanding the language 10 times better. Also, if you know how to crack the code, if that's something you're taught, then when you come across words that you've never seen before, you're more likely to be able to read them and understand them if you've been taught how to decode them. Yeah. So that leads us to how do we teach people how to decode properly? That's a very good question. And that's what a lot of this research has come together to help tell us. So the National Reading Panel found in 2000 that the best way to teach children how to read is with a systematic phonics program. And further science has just reinforced this belief, this understanding that phonics is how you teach children to decode this wonderful language of ours. In a systematic phonics program, a teacher doesn't focus just on the letters and the connection there with individual letters. And they also shouldn't be allowing a child to be guessing. And if you are guessing at your letters or your words, 
as soon as you start guessing, you cannot move up a level. You have to get it actually right and know why you're doing what you're doing. You have to be explicitly teaching the combination of letters and being able to recognize like endings of words and knowing that any can make many, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's very important that you go at the speed of that child. Like you said, yeah, if they haven't mastered that phonics, if they haven't mastered that blending of sounds, they don't move on to the next phonics-based learning skills. That's very important. If you are making them move on, it's, again, called warehousing, where you're not actually giving us the help that we need, and you're just pushing us through. Mm-hmm. And that's not helpful for life. Mm. There's kind of two base systems for phonics learning, synthetic and analytical phonics. In analytical phonics, children are learned bat, cat, mat, rat, all at the same time. And the emphasis is on the ending sound of that word, that at sound. In synthetic phonics, children learn one sound at a time. They'll learn B and then A and then T, and you're supposed to string that together. That's the type of phonics that we really don't want to be focusing on. It leads a large margin of error for children or anyone really learning this language. Mm -hmm. Studies have shown that synthetic phonics gives the best results when trying to teach children how to read. In fact, in Scotland, they did a seven-year-long study that showed this exact thing, that synthetic phonics had a better, was better results in teaching kids how to read. In Stanford University, they did a study where they took a group of people and taught them a made-up language. They separated them into two groups. The first group, they taught them the language based upon the sounds of the letters and then stringing those together to make words. And the other group was taught the language based upon whole word reading. And when they scanned the brains of the two different groups when they read, they found that the different learning strategies actually activated different parts of the brain. So like when they had the group read that had learned each individual sound, the left side of the brain is what lit up in the scan. That group also were more accurate in their reading as well as had a stronger ability to read words that they had never read in that language before. The other group, when their brain was scanned when they read, the right side of their brain lit up. So they take that whole word, sight word, and they put it in the left side of the brain where the pictures are. And actually, studies done by Stanislas Duin, who I've talked about in previous episodes, has said that he believes that teaching children whole words is actually counterproductive because they do put those words in the right side of their brain where pictures are rather than the left side of their brain where language happens. It's interesting to see the studies show even that they can teach people a foreign, not foreign, but a made-up language and still see these results of if you're teaching them bit by bit the language, they're going to have a much harder time figuring out that language versus teaching them to look for specific endings and beginnings of a language or of a word and picking it out from there. And I, I've said this before, it's very much to me, it's the way you're taught Latin in school. If you take a Latin class, you're taught the whole like sound, the whole word. You're not taught the individual letters and try to figure it out from there because the letters themselves, yes, do have a meaning, but the word that you're looking for, that's like many, that any that you're looking for in there, that A-N-Y, 
is much more applicable to be able to find and use and see that I see any and I know I just have to change the first sound to that word. So all of this research and all of these brain scans and all of this, it's been done in Paris and Stanford and all over, suggest that reading is not natural. Reading is something that we have to be trained to do. And I have to say, it is very frustrating that even with all this research, there is still such a big debate in the education system of the proper way to teach reading. I mean, I find that frustrating myself with this whole, you know, debating on why we should change the way we teach versus like I said, like with the medical field, I've said this before too, something new comes out in the medical field and people change, standards change, and it's constantly evolving and it feels very much like our education system has been stagnant for a while. Um, I know that the research for dyslexia has been out there for 30 plus years and we're just failing all those generations for 30 years. We've just been failing everybody. It's just, it's annoying to me because there's a whole slew of people that could have gotten so much farther in life and not felt like they were failures when it's not mm-hmm. actually them failing. It's the system that was supposed to teach them failing. Exactly. Yeah. It's disheartening. And I just, I don't want more children to go through the school system that I went through. And I know some people are like, well, you know, Not every kid has issues like this, and it's not fair to change the curriculum based upon just a certain group of children who are having problems. The truth is, teaching phonics doesn't just help the children who are having issues. They might get stuck in certain places for a little bit longer, but teaching phonics to all children helps them in the future as well when they come across words they've never seen before. And that's that's important. Yeah, like large vocabulary words. Yeah. It is. It's very important. Okay, well, we have talked about it again, the need for mm, changing the conversation from why educate differently to how to educate better. With that, this is going to be our last episode for a little bit of season two. We are going to take a summer break. We've got, you know, life happening and things going on so we're going to take the next uh, month or three we haven't decided uh to regroup and yeah. and just putter through life for a second we will be back and we will still be on instagram yeah. take care of some life stuff get some more research done yeah Instagram at melons.podcast. We will still be over there. We still have merch at the store, the melon stand. That can be found in the link in the bio on melons.podcast on Instagram. We thank you guys so much for joining us, and we love seeing our melon patch grow. Absolutely love it. And we are hoping you have a wonderful time while we're taking our break, and we will love to see you over on the Instagram. Okay, melons. For the last time, for at least a little bit, be different, be kind, and have a good summer.